Well, good morning. Hello, everybody. So good to see you all this morning. Welcome to everybody in the room, in the lobby. I'm assuming no one's on the patio today because rain. What the heck? Um, and also online. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. My name is Jen. One of the pastors here on staff. And I'm excited to continue in our series today that we have been um, in together at the beginning of this year, really trying to discover together what it looks like to live a wise life. Um, so we have been talking about different things um, that, are, uh, that make wise people. In the first week, we uh, talked about don't live like a fool. Um, the second week, uh, we talked about don't talk like a fool. Um, today, we're going to talk about don't walk with fools. And then next week, we're going to talk a little bit about not spending like a fool. Um, so I, every time we talk about this series, I hear in my head, don't pity the fool, <laughs> okay? Uh, so for those of you who were also born in, and lived in the 80s, you know, that's what we're thinking about. Um, but it's really about uh, us really taking some time to like, how do we live wisely this year? If we're setting a new trajectory for our lives, if, we, if, our, if our destination really is determined by our direction, then what direction are we going? And so if you haven't listened to the last few weeks, make sure you catch those. They're really good messages. Um, and today we're really going to spend some time talking about the impact that relationships have in our lives and the kind of relationships and the influence that people have over us. And so we're, we're going to camp in the verse in Proverbs um, from Proverbs 13, 20. And it just says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm and the second half of that verse for many of you is like yeah that was my high school experience okay that pretty much sums it up but there's a difference between just like knowing good people and actually choosing to walk with wise people and so my hope for today wherever we're walking in whatever your personality is whether you're like introverted extroverted whether you have so many people in your life you can't possibly fit everybody in or you're looking to remove some people from your life whatever you're at today my hope is that we leave here with a better understanding of who is influencing us and what kind of people we should be walking with so that we don't accidentally become companions of fools and suffer harm so speaking of friends and fools, um, my good friend Corey has been our resident fool for this series um, and had his own little personal advice channel for us about how to live wisely. So let's check out what he says about relationships. Well, hey, check it out. I'm about to walk through my amazing morning routine. I'm going to teach you guys a couple things about how to make really, really good friends. All right, so stick around. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Here's our first step, okay? Always borrow, never ask. You don't ever have to ask people to borrow stuff because you're amazing, and I'm amazing, so I don't ever ask people if I can borrow their four-wheeler. Like the other day, went over to my buddy Taylor's house, right? And I was just like, yo, dude, I'm going to borrow your four-wheeler. And then I borrowed his four-wheeler without even asking. You know, I just took it, put that key in, rolled it up on my truck, and I was gone, okay? So always, always borrow before you ask, okay? Step one. Well, here, check it out. Step two, we're going to throw some moisturizer on our amazing, beautiful face. Um, here's step two, is you always got to make yourself the center of attention. Here's the thing. People love to be your audience, and it is like the number one way to become friends with everybody in the room is just to make yourself the center of attention and make yourself look even better than you actually are. You know what I mean? They don't actually need to know that you're struggling with stuff, but always make yourself the center of attention. Super important, okay? 
Well, hey, step three, super, super important, okay? Here's what I've learned is that if anybody doesn't give you the time of day or if they, like, don't pay attention to you, man, what you need to do is you just need to ghost them. Straight up leave. Don't care about them. They don't really even matter to you. Um, this is something that I do with all of my friends, and this is what I think you should totally do with your friendship. Well, hey. I'm so glad we got to join each other, uh, getting ready for the day. I'm stoked. I hope you guys are. And hey, we're going to have a great day. Peace. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, first of all, um, Corey is wearing my actual bathrobe in those videos. And for the record, he did not ask, okay? So, and I didn't know if he was going to wear it that he was wearing it without a shirt. So I have some laundry to do when I get home. And did you guys see those Q-tips, by the way? They were so dirty. That was so gross. Anyways, oh, man. Sometimes it's easy to recognize a fool if they look like Corey in my bathrobe, okay? It's easy to look at them and go, like, hey, I, I don't really trust them. I'm not going to put them in the inner circle of my life. But sometimes it's not so easy with some of our friends and some of the people that we love in our lives, the people that are around us or maybe have been around us and been through a whole lot with us, people that we know who maybe are foolish with some of their decisions, but we know they would give us the shirt off their back if we asked for it. They would lay down in front of traffic for us if we asked them to. So it's hard to know sometimes exactly how to navigate our relationships and who should go where and who should be influencing us. And so today what we're going to look at is, is getting some clarity around that. Because to walk with the wise, we actually have to get intentional about where we put our relationships. We have to get intentional not just about the relationships in our life, but the influence that they actually have on us. And so today we're going to look at this target. And it's just a, a target that, um, that is probably out there somewhere. I'm not even sure where exactly it came from, but it has helped me so much to understand how to navigate my relationship. And it's just something to shoot for as we work on um, putting and dealing with complicated relationships um, in our lives, okay? So uh, for, I'm just going to go through all the different circles, and then I'm going to get a little more detailed uh, with it. So first of all, the center of the target, the, the center of who we are is God. And then the next layer out is kind of our inner circle. And I'm calling that for today the wise circle. Like this is the people in our lives that are closest to our core that know us the best. And then the next layer out is uh, friends with potential, okay? Um, now, this is different than friends with benefits, okay? That is the conversation for someone else to have with you, okay? But what I'm talking about today is friends that might have potential in our lives. And these are more of our close friends, our, our, our people that we work with, our boss, things like that. Um, the next layer out um, is going to be risky friends. These are the people in our lives that maybe it's a little bit risky to um, be connected with them and, and have them in our lives. And then the last one is uh, fools. And these are kind of the unhealthy people in our lives. And what I really want to talk about today, what I want to look at together today, is that as we navigate our relationships, we have all these people in our lives, all these people that want our attention, want our time. It's important to know who has influence on us and who we have influence on. So first of all, we're going to start at the very core of who we are. And that is where God is. God, this 
God of the universe who loves us, who actually wants to have a relationship with us, who actually calls us friends, which blows my mind. He is the only one who will never leave or forsake us. He is the only one who will never let you down. His love is the only totally unconditional love that you will experience in your life. And for some of you, you may be walking in here and you're not really sure how you feel about God and and where you are with him, and that's totally fine. You can come into this space. You can wrestle with what this means. You can wrestle kind of like with what we're talking about when we talk about a relationship with him. But I want you to know, if deep down in your soul you're feeling a void, you're feeling an emptiness there, that's because the best way to do life is to have him in that space, in the center and core of who you are. It is the only thing that does not change. And then the next level out is this inner circle. These are the friends who are the closest to us, that get to know us deeply. And what I want, what I want to talk about today is, is this right here, the influence that we get to have in this realm of our relationships, okay? So when I have people in my inner circle, that means that the influence is going both ways, both that I have influence over them and they will listen to me and that we can talk about life and we can talk about things and I can speak into them and that they can speak into me, that they can pour into my life that I'm receiving from them and that it's a mutual safe thing for us to do to help each other become our best versions of ourselves. That is who I let in this inner circle, people that I'm safe being influenced by and people that allow me to influence them. And then this next circle out is people with potential. Like I said, coworkers, friends, people that you might be close friends with. You might see them at a party. You might get to know them. They might be like people that you really like, but they're not necessarily people in your inner circle. But I like that they're friends with potential because this idea is that they could at any time move in between some of these spaces. So when we intentionally place ourselves with uh, people that have potential to either become some of those safe people that we could invite into our lives, um, at the beginning, the, the influence might be neutral. It might not be one way or, or another. Like we're not, they're not really influencing us. We're not really influencing them. But there's opportunity there to maybe pull them in, to watch the way that they're living, to see how they interact with their family, to go like, wow, I really like who that person is. Maybe I would invite them in to speak into my life. Or maybe I wouldn't. And they actually need to pop out to this next circle, which is our risky circle. And in the risky circle, the influence just goes one way. These are people in your life that you have maybe been friends with. These are the people that will give you the shirt off your back, but they make terrible decisions. And they're not the kind of people that you want influencing you, but it is still okay and safe and with good boundaries and accountability, you can influence them. And so you keep them in your life, but not in the center. They're in this space where you are influencing their their decision. They're watching you live different. They're watching you do things different. They're watching your life change. And and they are are awakened by it. And they're moved by it. And they're ready to, to make some of the same changes that you are. And then the last one is this fools. And this is our unhealthy friends, our unhealthy relationships. The people in our lives that we have tried to have influence on and we don't. And they could influence us. And, and it's not healthy, and it's not safe, and they don't honor our boundaries, and they, they don't honor the things that we're trying to do and the steps that we're trying to take to be better and to get well and to have a close connection with God. And then that's where we just remove them to a place where they don't have any influence in our lives at all. It doesn't mean we're mean to them. It just means that we might separate out the influence that they have over us. And what's cool about this picture that's helped me is that it helps me understand where I need to move people around. Like, if in my life I have people who are foolish and they are in my inner circle 
and they are influencing the decisions I make, I just, I may need to move them out. And maybe there's an option where they're in my inner circle and they're, they're good and they're, they're good people, but I'm tired of them influencing me. Maybe I just need to move them to risky. And I just need, I need to stay involved in their life, but I need to be careful. For some of you, uh, you may have some really amazing people in your inner circle that are really, there's not a mutual influence. Like they pretty much just influence you. Like they're your sponsor or your mentor or a pastor or a teacher or somebody in your life that you invite to your table to lead you and show you how to live. But it may not be going both ways all the time. And I just want to say something to those people, to those of you in the room who are the leader and the teacher and the sponsor. If the only tables that you are invited to are the ones where you're giving advice, that's not your circle. That's not your table. You need another one. You need another safe place where you are taking down your guard, where you are also receiving, where you are also being honest and real and vulnerable. See, this idea that we have all these people in our lives and that they can move from one place to another, that we're not stuck in a place where we're being influenced by people who aren't good for us, who are, are making poor decisions. And then when we're around them, we make poor decisions too. There is intentionality around where we're going to place people so that we know. I can keep this person in my life, but I just know that when I'm in relationship with them, I'm the one that's influencing. I'm the one in control and in charge. So if we want to have this wise inner circle, I want to spend some time today just talking about what kind of people we're looking for to be in this inner space. I mean, what does it look like? What does the Bible have to say about what a wise person looks like? What are the characteristics? What are the qualities? And one of the, the first things that comes to my mind is, is somebody that is safe. There's something really important about when you share your real self with someone, that they are a safe person to do that with. That they are a safe person to, to share your heart with. And they're not going to go around and they're not going to tell anybody about it. And they're not going to kick you when you're down. There's phrases like, me too, and let's get back up again. And you can do this and I can help and let's do this together. These are the kind of phrases that safe people say. And they don't need you to be perfect. But they need you to be practicing. And just because they're safe doesn't mean that they don't also tell the truth. We need truth tellers in our inner circle. We need people who aren't afraid to tell us and be honest with us about what is really going on. We need people who are willing to say the hard things to us. The Bible says that we're supposed to speak the truth in love to each other. A lot of us have friends that are really good at speaking the truth. This is not very loving, okay? This is pretty harsh and me. Or we have people who are just all love and no truth. Proverbs 26, or 27.6 says, wounds from a friend can be trusted but an enemy multiplies kisses. It's this idea that when we have good people who speak truth to us in our inner circle, they have permission to say things. So like if we're walking to the edge of a cliff and we're about to walk off, a good friend doesn't say, oh my gosh, you look so cute while you're walking off that cliff. I like those shoes, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe the shoes are great. Okay, let's be honest, okay. That's a fair thing to say. But they're also saying, you're about to walk off a cliff. I'm not going to let you do that with your life. I care about you too much. I actually care about you more than I even care about this relationship with you. You see, sometimes I think we think full acceptance of behavior is love, but it's not. Sometimes love is actually speaking really hard truth to people that we love so that they'll make better decisions, so that they'll be guarded, so that they'll be protected. Wise friends are also humble. 
one of the, the most amazing thing is having people in your life that are still learning, that are still growing. Um, actually, the Bible tells us in Ephesians that this is the kind, or I mean, sorry, in James, this is the kind of thing that produces wisdom in us is actually humility. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by their good deeds, by their good life done in the humility that comes from wisdom. Humility is actually something that produces wisdom in our life because we're learning, because we're growing, because we're becoming who God has called us to be, and we're leaning into each other, and we're for each other. When you succeed, I succeed, and I celebrate it in you. There's not jealousy. There's not competition. It's safety. It's humility. And wise friends are also steady. They're like this safe place that you can go because you know that they're going to show up for you. You know that they're on a trajectory in their life where they're doing the right thing. They're making good decisions. Uh, Proverbs 13, 16 says it like this, a wise man thinks ahead and a fool doesn't and he brags about it. It's this idea of going like, I want a people in my inner circle and that are influencing me that know where they're going, that know how to get there. I want to look at people and go, man, I love the way you love your family. I love the way you love God. I love the way that you live your life. I love the fruit that's being produced in your life. I want you around me because I want to be like you. You've probably heard the old phrase, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's a real clear picture. Like who we have around us is what we're going to look like. And you really need some people in your inner circle that are following Jesus, that are following Christ with their life. You need people in your inner circle who would be willing to throw scripture back at you and tell you the truth when you start believing the lies of the enemy. You need friends that are going to pray for you when they don't have the words to say. You need friends that are, are going to come to you with the grace, same grace that God's given us to give to you and to sit in those spaces with you and remind you who you belong to. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord with three strands is not easily broken. You, you may have heard this at some weddings before, like it's a common thing to say, um, but this picture that is giving, it's giving us in this uh, particular verse is that two people together is great, but when God's at the center, it's like three cords that are bound together and it doesn't get easily broken. It's more stable, it's more sturdy. That's the opportunity we have when we are connected in relationship with people who also love God and pursuing them with their life. And so I, I want to just encourage you today. As you think about who's in your inner circle, I want to encourage you that this takes time to build. So if you're thinking about that and you're like, oh, man, my inner circle is a mess, okay? That's okay. These kinds of things take time to build, to adjust, to move around. But here's some questions that I just want to encourage you to ask. And they'll be in your app so you can think about them later this week. You can journal about them and, and take some time with them. But here's some questions I want you to consider. Who is in your inner circle? Are they wise? Who needs to move out? Who are you missing? How are you intentionally placing yourself around wise people? How can you be more like the wise person a wise person is looking for in relationships? These questions will help us redefine who we're walking with and get intentional about it. You know, I think one good thing... Um, one good tell for us if we're wondering, like, do I have the right people in my inner circle? Is if you think over the last year, has anybody spoke hard truth to you? Has anybody told you something that's hard to hear in the last year? And if not, you may not have the right people in your inner circle. Or 
you haven't invited the people in your inner circle to speak truth to you. Because that's the second thing that we need to do to walk wise. First, get intentional about our relationships and who's influencing us. And then once we get that inner circle set, we actually have to take this next step and actually invite them in to speak truth to us. But it's scary. And if I'm being honest, like that's, that seems really scary. It's super vulnerable to be able to drop my mask in front of people. It's super vulnerable to hear back from them things that in my life might be off, might not be who I want to be. It's super risky to put that out there for somebody, to be able to speak back into my life. It feels unsafe, and it feels terrifying. I like how C.S. Lewis puts it. He says, to love it all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully around with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken, but it will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. See, the reality is, is it is scary. It is scary to put ourselves out there. But sometimes I think we keep ourselves alone to keep ourselves safe. But that is actually the least safe place to be. Like if you look at any kind of animal, any kind of predator, what he is doing when he is waiting for the, the baby to remove itself from the pack so that he can attack. Listen, we have an enemy that is out for our souls. He is out to discourage, out to defeat, out to kill, steal, and destroy. And we think that we're safer if we just stay out on our own. I asked the band to actually help me give us a real clear picture of this today. Um, and so they're doing double duty. Um, and so I'm really grateful for them, um, especially this one. This is my husband, so he's my favorite. Um, but I'm going to have them show us a little picture of what this looks like. You see, when I am over here, I could feel nice and safe, nice and, and, and safe by myself, nice and free over here because I don't have to get messy people in my life and I won't hurt anybody over here and I can just be nice and safe. But let me tell you, when, when life hits, when the enemy comes after me, and when, when de depression and discouragement, when my addiction pops back up, do you think I'm safer here? Or am I safer in here? Do I look safe to you? Do I look protected to you? Is this actually a safer place for me to be than out there by myself? What if they turn around and I think sometimes we think like, oh, okay, like if I can just, if I can just like keep it together out here and, and keep myself all together, then I can look really good on the outside and everybody will be impressed with me and my Instagram reel is gonna look really pretty. But is this safe? Is this real? Or is this safe? Am I seen, am I known in this space? Is this actually where I can find relationship, where I can find acceptance, where I can find love and support? The real me, seen. There's something really powerful when we allow ourselves to be in relationship and locking arms with each other in this life. Because if for some reason I don't invite Prashant, my truth teller, into my life, who's going to speak truth to me? 
Who's going to stand up and tell me when I'm about to walk off the edge of a cliff? If I don't invite my safe person, TD, in to know me, to truly know me and know everything that's going on in my heart, is that really safe? If I don't invite Grant in and if I don't say, I need you to come and I need you to, to show me God's way and I need you to read scripture over me, I need you to pray for me, I'm left vulnerable, I'm left open, I'm left unsafe, I'm left alone. If Kevin and Michelle are not there to support me when I need somebody, to lean in when I need some grace, to remind me of who I am, then I'm left alone and unsafe. I want us to think about what it looks like to navigate inside the circle. Creating a circle of actually safe people who are, are, are going to do those things, actually walking with wise people and surrounding yourself with them intentionally, but taking that second step to get real, to get vulnerable, and to allow yourself to be surrounded by those people. Something incredibly powerful that happens in us. And so when, when we talk about practical ways to do that around here, we are not joking around. And, and I'm going to just give you a super practical way and, and it's in the next, not this week, but next week, get in a group. If we want to walk with the wise, we get in a group. We literally get in a circle. And let me tell you what, what may or may not happen in this circle, okay? You may get in this circle and find out that all of these people are fools, okay? They, we have a messy church, okay? We allow broken people here. There's no perfect people allowed. So trust me, not everybody is going to be your cup of tea, okay? But let me tell you, if you don't get in the circle, if you don't step into community, if you don't step into this safety, you have a 0% chance of finding somebody who could actually surround you, support you, love you, and care for you in this season. Stepping into it increases your chance of some potential friends that could end up being those safe people for you, that could walk alongside you, surround you, and help you navigate this life with wisdom. And so... As practical as this step is, I want us to all be thinking about, can I take this step? What does this step look like for me? Yes, it will be courageous, but it's a lot safer than being out here on your own. And you don't have to take my word for it. Um, we're going to have, uh, we have Miguel here this morning. That he, he wants to share a little bit about his story of his experience with groups. So check this out. Hi, my name is Miguel Magallanes, and this is my story. I was born and raised in Fillmore, and growing up in my house, uh, we attended a Catholic church, and that's pretty much all I knew most of my life. Most of the time I would attend, I just felt like I wasn't understanding much and felt empty, and there was always a desire of wanting to understand more of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. It just felt like I didn't have a relationship with them. So with that desire of wanting more, um, I went to the world and uh, made friends in high school and got into uh, some things that obviously do not follow uh, God's will. And I played around and discovered um, what the world was made out of. And there was a lot of hurt there. So I decide one day, uh, as I'm driving, I'm thinking, I've tried everything except for God. But um, I've never tried to learn more about God. So in that drive, I remember 
closing my eyes and telling God I give up. I want to try what you got because I've tried everything else and nothing's worked. So um, my sister was changing churches and she had came across mission and she said, would you like to go with me? So as I walked in, it was, nothing was traditional. Um, it was such a welcoming feeling. I would see everybody at mission in the lobby, interact with each other and everybody seemed to know each other except for me. Um, so I just didn't know what to do. I said, I'll I could continue coming or I could just walk away. Um, but I knew what I was going to lose if I walked away. They started offering groups. Um, and I thought this was a good way to get out of my comfort zone and really push myself. Seeing other people open up really encouraged me to share more and more about what was really going on in my life and the struggles and the challenges that uh, I had been living. I soon find out that I'm not the only one. Uh, I find out that other people have similar struggles. So sharing was very helpful um, because it encouraged us to continue going and continue coming the next week. About five groups go by and I end up doing Rooted, uh, uh, January 2023. And that is uh, where God finally said, here's a group that uh, is now your family. When I wasn't in a group, I knew what it was to not be in a group. Um, after living that experience and trying it out once, I felt nothing of what I imagined. It was the total opposite. Instead of feeling alone and awkward and not feeling as part of family, I felt the opposite. I felt loved. I felt cared for. felt um, that I had a family outside of my house. I would tell anybody that if they're trying to make up their mind into joining a group, is to give it a shot and try it out and live the experience. My name is Miguel. Jesus is the Christ, and he saved my life. It's been really cool to watch Miguel's group, and they, like, really are, like, family and really have this depth of care for one another that's so beautiful. And I just wonder, like, what if, like, what if we as a community could get this right? Like, what if you could be a part of a church and the spaces that you were the most vulnerable, the most real, the most safe could be around tables or be in someone's home with each other here. I think we really have that opportunity because if we're doing things Jesus' way, that's what it looks like. It's not just in here in, in these rows. It's actually in circles outside of this space. So I want to encourage you to take that step, take that leap, and invite some people into your world.